Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. We're finishing with something we started speaking about about three weeks ago. This is the third week, and we call it Love Defined. Love Defined. That's our sermon series. Um, and the series was designed, and, and, and I felt that God is leading us all up to our outreach next week. Um, and why? Because we need to define love. Because what is love? Love is not a feeling, it's an act. It's what we do. It's not what we feel. Yes, it is feeling in a certain way, but it's more acting than feeling. Now, our core scripture for the series came from this. It came from Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40, and I'm going to just read it so that it builds a bit of foundation for us as we do the last sermon of our series. So it says the following. It says, an expert in religious law tried to trap him, this Jesus, with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Good scripture, isn't it? It's, a, it's incredible scripture. We all know the two commandments. Love the Lord your God. And love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and this was an account where Jesus came and he answered an expert question from an expert law-giving Pharisee. Now, since the beginning, all through the Bible, since the beginning of time, all through the Bible, I believe that God has called us to act on two important commandments, which is this. Love Him, and then with the love we receive from Him, give it to others. It's not just love God and love others. It's loving God, receiving the love from God, then giving what you've received to others. It's a different mindset, isn't it? It's a different way of thinking. Now, the law was focused on one thing, on the obedience of the law with consequences. What was the consequences? If you fail, you will burn. If you fail, you die. It's, a, it's quite hectic, isn't it? If you fail the law, you'll face the consequences. It sounds like an angry God waiting for you to mess up. Amen? Then Jesus came and he turned the tides and he said, I love you so much, I'll give you grace. Although you messed up, I already paid for it. Now we started out the first Sunday looking at the power of love in our life. Remember that? It, Paul actually comes and he gives two, two verses out of, Philippians, out of Ephesians 3, verse 14 and 19. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit, you will be empowered. You will receive something. Then verse 19 says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand, but then you will be made complete with all fullness and life, uh, of life and power that comes from God. If you experience the love of God, you will have the fullness. That means that you will be empowered, and we sp spoke about that. You see, Paul says that God truly, truly, empowers us to do and to act. You see, Jesus' love is the real superpower. It's the real superpower that we have received. And, and we've received it to reach out to others. I mean, a superpower, you remember I said, Superman comes up and he says, yeah, I'm strong. I said, yeah, but 
show me. <laughs> no, 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 but I'm strong. No, no, show me. You see, you can't say you have something, but you're not acting with it. And that's what love is. In the second sermon last week, um, I don't know how many of you were here last week, but we spoke about Jesus again being approached by another expert, a lawyer expert. And he also tried to trap Jesus to test him, but Jesus came and he just exposed the man with his own law. <laughs> he just asked and turned the tides and he proved him that he's more about him than anyone else. And then I spoke about the Good Samaritan and and the story about the Good Samaritan is amazing. I, I really enjoyed the sermon. But it showed one thing. It showed us one of the greatest tools, one of the most powerful tools to give unconditionally. And that is compassion. He spoke about compassion, and that's what the Samaritan had. He had compassion, and therefore he acted. And he did more than anyone else did. But we also looked at how compassion in our lives can be quenched. You know compassion can be quenched? And it, is, is, it has been quenched by one thing, and that's called the spirit of manipulation. When you are manipulated to give. And later on, you, you are so manipulated to give that that compassion to give starts to get hard. And it gets complacent, or not complacent, to get passive in our lives. Now today I want to finish our series before our next week's outreach and, um, and I, speak, I want to speak about the following. I want to speak about to love is intentional. To love is intentional. So let's start out with Matthew 16. And it says in verse 25, and I'm reading from a Passion Translation just because it says it's so nice. It says, For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your life for my glory, you will continually discover true life. Isn't that beautiful? It says, but if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. You see, Jesus didn't ask us to give up our lives, give up our families, give up everything. No, no, he asked us to use our lives to change the world. That's what he wants to do. He wants to use your life to change the world. And where's your world? Around you. Your direct environment around you is your world. Now I'm going to show you now what I mean by that. See, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, give me your life and I will show you what I will do through you. And it's, just, it's the same thing with us today. God is saying to us, give me your life and I will show you what I can do through you. But if you're not giving, you're not getting. Discipleship was the new commandment Jesus gave after he canceled the religion of the law. So the commandment is still the same. Love the Lord your God. And love your neighbor. It's still the same. But when the law was done, Jesus gave a new commandment and said, Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey. Loving them to obey. Now let me illustrate or explain to you how such a process in life works. So how do I have an impact on people's lives by giving? How do I do that? And how does a process like that work? Now let me show you. So my life, your life, have two focus points, believers and the lost. There's no middle ground. You either believe or you don't. Now, I want to break the lost a bit down. It might be the down and out. It might be the widow and orphan. It might be people who are struggling through some stuff and they lost because of that. So, here's the familiar question that I want to ask this morning. How do I do this, Henny? 
How do I reach out to the lost and to believers? Oh, maybe I'm doing this, but how do I do it better? Because we need to do things better in our lives. I mean, how do I reach out more? By becoming more intentional. Let's look at the word intentional. We hear the word, but what does it actually mean? It means the following. It means it's something that you do on purpose. It is something deliberate. You see, sometimes you, you're praying for something and you do it, but if you're not intentional with someone, you'll never build a relationship. If you're not intentional or getting fit and going to the gym, you'll never get fit. So it's something we do and we are deliberate with. God has called us to be a blessing to our generation. Do you know that? He has called you, no matter if you're 65 or 25, He has called you and us to be a change in this generation. And to do that, we need to be intentional wherever we go. You see, Jesus was intentional in everything He did. And as we've seen through the series, what did Jesus do? He taught in parables. Why? Because the people will listen better when they are hear a story. Very intentional. I want you to hear the word, so let me tell you a story, and you will suddenly realize what I'm talking about. See, there was intentionality in everything that Jesus did. Go and read through the Gospels, and you'll see how intentional Jesus was with everything. Hey, Peter, throw out the net to the other side. But Jesus, I've just fished all night. Just do it. Throw out the net. More fish than he's ever seen in his life. But Lord, it's impossible. Fish goes underneath the boat. You know why? This side, Jesus was intentional. He wanted to show him something out of his world. You see, Jesus had to be intentional. Because God had a plan and a purpose for him on, on earth. And if he came on earth and he wasn't intentional, so maybe it will just happen. God, you're amazing. It will just happen. No, no. He was intentional with 12 disciples. He was intentional with each and every one of them because he wanted to do something through their lives. And the plan was very simple. A very simple plan. You know what the plan was? It was love. God was intentional in loving us no matter how much sin, no matter how much darkness, no matter how much failure, no matter how much mistakes, no matter how much issues you have in your life, God was intentional to love you and me. He was so intentional that he said, I'm going to take all those things away by sending my son so he will pay for everything because I want to love you. Intentionality of love is powerful. Look at John 3.16. We, we started with the scripture in the first sermon. Remember this? He says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave his only one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. I love this, this, this translation, because it says, this is how He loved, double punt. And then it says, He gave. He didn't just give, oh, just here's a five cent, because I can do anything with it. No, no, He gave the best He had. If you could go to God and say, what is your most precious possession? God would say, my son. If you go to any father and you ask a father, what is your most precious possession? I hope it will be he, your son. <laughs> it is. And God gave deliberately, on purpose, the best he had for one reason. Because he loved us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves the world. I realize that I am alive today because he loves me. 
You are alive, sitting here today, because of His love. Now, God was intentional in loving us because He wanted something very significant. He wanted to have an intentional love relationship with every one of you, with every one of us, with everyone on earth. That includes the most sinful of the sinful. So we need to be intentional to love and to serve believers and the lost. But we also need to be intentional to build relationship with the lost and believers. Not just believers. I always say, how many lost people do you actually know in your life? Do you befriend with them? I'm not talking about fellowship. I'm talking about friendship. Fellowship, you open your life to. But friendship is just something you know them and you've got inwards into their lives. Amen? We need to be intentional to build relationship with the lost and with believers. Even with believers sometimes more because we need the fellowship. We need people that speak into our lives to build our lives, to disciple us in so many areas. So let me finish the picture. Are you ready? Does the picture make sense so far? <laughs> it's going to make a whole lot more sense just now. I'm going to show you. So our lives have two focal points. Lost and believers. Now, in our lives and through our lives, what do we do? We give from ourselves into relationships. Am I right? I give and I give and I give. And I spend time with the believers. And I spend time in church and I serve at church. And I give and I, I, I love you and I do this. And then, hey, man, I've got some lost friends and I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to get to know them, watch rugby with them. I'm going to give to them. I'm going to show them who God is in my life. But you know what? When you go, if you go on like that, you will burn out. You will fail. <laughs> you will backslide because you, I mean, it will be just too much. Because out of you, you can only give that much. But this is the problem. We need to get before we can give. <laughs> we need to receive from Him so that He can fill us up to such a degree that, that we start overflow with Him. I want to overflow with more of God. Amen. I want to overflow with His love, with His presence, with His compassion. I want to overflow with Him. But firstly, I need to connect to God in my life. I need to make sure that I focus on Him. I open my Bible. I pray. I receive from Him as much as I can. And as soon as He starts overflowing into my life, something happens in my heart. I'm being filled with love that is compassionate. And be filled with love and values that is kingdom-focused and kingdom-minded. And then because of that, I start giving. And out of the love that God has given in me, I start giving to others. And then I will never burn out. I will never fail. I will always have something to give, some more love to give. And it's more compassionate. It's more loving. Sometimes I give and I'm in a relationship. I'm in this. I thought, wow, Lord, I, I never thought I can do that. Yes, you can, because He is overflowing through your life. There's overflow through your life. So, Henny, where do I do this? How can I? Do I go on a mission? Do I do this? No, you do it in your world. Right there where God has called you to be. Your work, your neighborhood, your friendship circles, the places where you go shopping, the grocery store where you hang out. That's where we start, because God has planted us in our world to make a difference. To be intentional, to show His love to people around us. Now this morning I want to look more closely at that little block that is our heart. What happens in our heart? 
And how do we overflow with more of Him? And how the enemy keeps his hand on that thing so that we do not shift, act, or do, or overflow? You see, it's also part where God forms, in that little block, it's also a part where God forms our kingdom values, how you make choices, how you do what you do, how you speak. It overflows, it flows into our lives, almost like a, a waterfall into our lives. But you need to go and stand under that waterfall to be filled and to overflow. Now look at the, the scripture, Proverbs 4 verse 23. It says, so above all, it's in a Passion Translation again. I love this, and I'm going with this somewhere. It says, God, the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. It means that God, whatever flows into your life, because it will flow out of your life. Yeah, you will leak. <laughs> we leak. Do you know that? I want to leak for God because I want to overflow. Everything that He pours into me, I want to leak to others. You see, for us as Christians to make an impact, we need to make sure that our innermost beings are guarded. Are guarded. It's exactly there where the enemy stops us from making constant intentional choices. It's right in that, in that place, in our hearts. The scripture says, God, the affections of your heart. The affections of your heart. All the enemy needs is for us to stop giving. Because that is what we are called to do. That is God's heart. He gave his son. So why shouldn't we give? I'm not saying you need to give your son. He just said, I'm showing you a principle of who I am. And it's when you start giving something starts happening in your life. Something starts happening in your heart. Do you know the, the reason why people stop giving? I've thought about that. Why do people stop giving in their lives? Now, we spoke about it last week a bit. I know there's manipulation and stuff, and your heart grows hard. But I've said in the first sermon, the only reason why people stop giving is they're waiting for the feeling. Remember? They're waiting for the feeling. Oh, I don't, oh man, I'm waiting for that feeling. That's why people stop giving because the feeling is never coming. Now listen to the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. It says, Now may the God of peace make, his holy, make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again. Now, what am I saying about this? Where am I going? He's talking about a spirit, soul, and body. Does it remind you of a scripture? Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, and with your whole mind. Spirit, soul, body. See, there's a focus on saying, Lord, how do I focus my heart? See, it means that we are spirit first, we have a soul, and we live in a body. We all know that. We are spirit first. We have a soul and we live in a body. And as we get born again, guess what happened to your spirit? God gives you a brand new spirit. And he overflows and fills it to the brim. I mean, he just, he just overflows with more of him. Everything that you need is, is, is like a waterfall that flows into your innermost being. That hard place that needs to be guarded. So if you're still sitting maybe in your quiet time, or maybe sitting in church and you feel inadequate, 
You feel inadequate to, to, to do, to pray, to trust God for a miracle, to speak when, when you feel, man, I need to speak in this environment. And you, when you feel inadequate in that, I've got news for you. You've already got it. Because your spirit overflows with everything that God ever would need to give you is filled with it. Do you know that the same spirit that you have after you're born again is the same spirit you'll have in heaven? Because that's what's, what, what's going to heaven. <laughs> our body and our soul stays. Our spirit goes to heaven. You see, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. It is in me. And we received it from our Savior. That's why we can raise the dead, cast out demons. That's why we can walk in authority that Jesus paid for on the cross. That's why I can say to the sick, be healed. Because everything I need to walk in that authority, I have in my spirit. But sometimes we miss it because we're waiting for the feeling. I'm just waiting. I don't feel like it. I feel shy. I feel scared. That's why Jesus said that we will do and see greater works than he has done. Because we've received the Holy Spirit. We need to go out and do more and see more and be intentional to do that. So we are spirit first. Check. You get that. But then we have a soul. And our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And if we, if we refer to our feelings and our emotions, we talk about our soul man. Or Paul speaks about our flesh man. Our flesh man. He speaks about it in Thessalonians. Now, our sinful nature lies in our soul man. When you are tempted to sin, guess where you're tempted? In your soul. Because <laughs> your spirit can't be tempted. It's overflowing with God. So why do we so many times feel don't, or don't feel like being intentional in sharing Christ, in doing that thing, in loving others, in reaching out the lost, caring for the widow and the, the orphan, Picking up the down and out. Why don't we feel when we are overflowing with more of God? We're waiting for that emotion. We're waiting for that feeling. But instead we need to say, Spirit, stand up. Activate. I'm spirit man first. I'm not soul man first. I'm spirit man first. I am. You see, love in a Christian perspective is not always a feeling but is a commitment. I commit to love. It's part of who I am as a Christian, as a man of God, as a woman of God. I commit to love others. And then eventually the commitment will lead to an emotion. It will lead to a feeling. That's how it is. We love and we love and we, we commit to love. And as, as more, more than we love and reaching out, suddenly we are touched emotionally. Now, as believers in today's world, we can't afford to be led by our feelings and miss what God can do through us and into others' lives. We can't afford to do that. And if we listen carefully to people around us today, all you hear most of the time is how they feel. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. And then it's fine because we, we are emotional beings. But I will sometimes speak to people and I say, how are you doing? It's like, oh man, I just feel like God doesn't love me anymore. I just feel that, that, that there's no future for me. I just feel so offense, 
offensive or offended. I feel. And if we as Christians are going to listen to the world and follow the lies of the enemy, <laughs> it will lead us to misery. Because we're not yet for feeling, we're here for, Lord, I commit to you to be intentional in your love. Whatever you overflow into my life, I need to receive from your word, from prayer, so that you can overflow into my life. Because when I step into that job, into that workplace, where there's a negative environment, where stuff is happening, that the overflow in my life will be greater than the feeling that I face in the world. Now I want to show you something very significant. I have spoken about this. Maybe it will be your second time hearing this. See, feelings will keep us from all the amazing plans God has for each one of us. Feelings. And feelings is not bad. We are called to feel. I feel my, love's, my wife's love. I, I mean, this, this feeling is great, but if we are ran by feelings and led by feelings, we're going to miss God's leading. Now listen to this. There's a powerful truth in Romans 8. And I love this truth. It says the following. Romans 8 verse 1. It says... So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Well-known scripture. We all know that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. He didn't say, for now, there might be, no, there might be a little bit of condemnation. No, no, he says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, when will be there, when will... The scripture says, when will there not be any condemnation? Now. He says now. He didn't say tomorrow, next year. He said now. He's speaking about a now moment. And when do you usually feel condemned in situations in your life? For when you're not giving or not helping or not this, on that spot. Remember? Somebody comes up. And they ask you, can you please help me? Can you please give? And you feel, no, listen, I can't help you now. Then you walk away, and then suddenly you feel condemned. Oh, and we spoke about that manipulation thing last week. See, condemnation comes immediately, immediately into our lives. It's, a, it's got an immediate effect into your life. Same as faith. Remember Hebrews 11 verse 1? It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Now. It's a now thing. Just as faith is a now thing, so condemnation <laughs> can be a now thing. Now, who is Paul talking to? He's talking to those who belong to Christ. Those who belong. Now, let's quickly, in this context, in the Greek, the, the belong means the following. It says, to be rightly placed in family and a safe place. So there is no more condemnation for those who are rightly placed in the family of God. It's interesting if you read it like that. Now where are you placed in? The scripture says we are the righteousness of God in Christ. In Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. So if you go back to the scripture, it says there's no more condemnation for those who, are, who belong to Christ Jesus. But it actually says for those who are in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means that when you're in Christ, it means everything that Jesus has done, you stand in that place of authority. Everything. Now let's look at the second verse. Romans 8 verse 2. And because you belong to Him, 
the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from a power of sin that leads to death. Now, when we realize we belong, now, you know what belong? You are in Christ. When you realize that you are in Christ, guess what happens? Power comes into play. Power comes into your life. Let me give you an example. There's a six, seven-year-old, eight-year-old boy going to school and he's bullied at school. There's a couple of older nine, ten-year-old boys who kicks him around and shove him around and, and beat on him and comes back home with a black eye. And then, but he's got two older brothers at home. They're like 15 and 16. They like to gym. And one day the two older brothers see the black eye and they come to school with the younger boy. Suddenly the young boy feels that I belong here. Power comes into play. <laughs> I am not anywhere else but in this family with these two bodyguards next to me. So guess his different attitude in that bullying perspective. He would walk up to them and say, so what now? What do you say now? <laughs> Come, bring it. Let me, let me see you beat me today because my brothers will kick you. They will beat you up today. You see, that's the difference we need to. We're walking around in a world where we feel that we are beat up. When we are in Christ, where we belong, we belong to a family. And when you belong to that family, power is released in your life. Authority is released in your life. Now, this is the kicker. Let's go back to verse 1. So now there is no condemnation. In that context, do you know what the word condemnation means? It means the following. To be officially declared unfit for use. <laughs> How many of you have struggled with condemnation before? In that moment you feel, oh man, I can't do this. I'm unfit for use here. Lord, how can you use me here? Now I'm just going to stand back and let them do it. Because that condemnation thing comes in. You don't feel belonging. There's no in Christ viewpoint. And you lose all your authority in that moment. I don't want to give because I don't, oh man, I don't feel like it. To be declared unfit for use. So there is now no condemnation. That means that so there is now no more unfit for use for those who are in Christ. Isn't that powerful? Galatians 2 verse 16, or 19, sorry. It says, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. If we wait for the feeling and emotion to start making an impact on others, guess what? We will feel unfit to do it. <laughs> we will un feel unfit. It's like, oh, I can't do this. I can't pray for other people. I can't give. I can't go out and speak to people I don't know. I can't do this. Because you're condemned. Condemned by what you hear around you, but when you open your heart so that the waterfall of God's presence and fullness can run into your life, it will run out of your life. You see, if you feel, I can't give, then let more run into you. 
Sit and worship. Read your Bible. Ask the Lord, Lord, I want more of you. See, we need to activate the Spirit to direct, to direct our feelings. I need to activate my Spirit. Spirit come alive. Because my Spirit needs to have authority over my soul. Have, that has authority over my body. See, when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your soul and with your mind, it means that your spirit will activate your soul and your mind. Love the Lord your God. So when we, we as righteous sons stand up in our spirit, guess what happens? Amazing things. I've seen it. People get saved. Ten minutes later, they walk with a crowd of people on fire for God. Ten minutes ago, God saved. Now they're praying for other, one, for other people to, to be healed. God do miracles. Why? Because their spirit has just changed. And in that moment, they know who they belong to, and there's power in their lives. You see, God brings life into the picture when we're intentional with others. We just need to be intentional. Sometimes I walk over to people and I was like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, but here I am. How are you? Hello, I'm Henny. <laughs> and then I just trust God. And in that intentionality, in that moment, power released because I know where I belong. I'm in Christ. There's no condemnation. I'm not going to fail. And if I fail in people's eyes, I'm not condemned because God says, I'm fit for use. I'm fit for use. Are you willing to step out? See, we need to realize that the enemy will fight constantly, constantly in your life to keep you out of that moment, to keep you in flesh. See, the enemy wants your focus on the stuff that you feel you can't do. And if your focus is on God, I mean, you can do everything in Christ. You can do all things in Christ through Him who strengthened me. So why? Because he knows that when we stand up, the enemy, he knows that when I stand up in my spirit and know who I am in Christ, that I belong to a family, man, he's in trouble. He is in trouble. Like that bullies, that young boy comes to school and they see that two bodybuilders next to him, they realize, ooh, I'm in trouble. He, he got it. He got it. And the enemy knows if we get this, then he's in trouble. You see, miracles and wonders will follow you and you will see God and you will see amazing things in your life when you step out, be intentional and say, Lord, here I am. I don't know what you're going to do through my life, but I'm going to pray for this person. I don't know even how to pray, but I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to trust you to do something because I'm here, Lord. I'm intentional. I'm loving. Lord, I'm ready. See, that's the power of intentional love. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6. And I'm reading from the message translation. It's actually quite amazing. It says, We wouldn't think of writing this letter about ourselves. Only God can write such a letter. His letter authorized us to help carry out this new plan of action. The plan wasn't written out with ink on paper with pages and pages of legal footnotes, killing your spirit. <laughs> it says, it is written with spirit on spirit. His life on our lives. Isn't that powerful? 
Let's look at the picture again, quickly. You see, His life on our lives. His Spirit overflowing to my spirit, and I suddenly start giving, but I didn't know what I, man, I didn't know I could give this. I didn't know I could love in a situation like this. I didn't know I could pray for people, and suddenly there's words that I didn't know I have. I didn't, I didn't know I knew that scriptures that I read two years ago when I started speaking to them. Suddenly the scripture was there. How did that happen? See, I was intentional in loving. And as soon as you step out and being intentional in loving, God starts defining that love in your life. He starts defining the, li- the love that He has for you and others through your life. All we need to do is not let the enemy come and say, say, oh man, you're unfit for use. You're unfit to do this. You are not able to do this. You're condemned. Sorry, discard. I'm fit for use because I belong to this family and I'm in Christ Jesus. See, God is spirit and he works through his spirit to our spirit. Through his spirit into our spirit through us. I always say the Dead Sea is dead because it's got an inflow and not an outflow. When we receive, we need to give. And that's what God says. Receive my love, but give my love. Receive the encounter, give the encounter. See, His Spirit makes us overflow with who He is. It activates us to act and to give to others. That's what it is. And as we love our God with our spirit, with our soul, and with our body, our spirit overflows into our soul and body, our mind. And guess what? Then we have an impact on our neighbors, on our people around us, on our work environment. We've got an impact on that. So I want to close with this today. So what's the effect of love that's intentional? Just three short things. What's the effect of love that's intentional? Number one, it gives spirit power. It ushers in spirit power through your life. It shows you that through the spirit in you, you've got power to step out, to pray, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to heal the leper, to speak life into people's lives, to activate your spirit, not to step back, but to step forward. You see, we step out and trust God to touch others with His miraculous power. That's what we're called to do. That's what Jesus said, go and make disciples. Teach them whatever I've taught you and what did Jesus teach them? Teach them, heal the sick. Cast out them demons. Touch people's lives. Number two, give freely. It gives freely from guilt and condemnation. That's what love intentional does. It gives freely. It, it gives freedom. <laughs> it gives freedom from guilt. See, it frees us from, from that thing that the world wants you to hear. Oh, you're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. Or you remember what you did two years ago or what you did last week? You remember? Ah, oh, you disqualified. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it might be, but God says, repent and I will forgive you. and Move on. Step into that authority. Step into that authority that God has called you to do. Don't live with guilt and condemnation. You are fit for use. And then lastly, He restores hope. Do you know that? He restores hope in your life. As soon as you step out intentional 
and you start giving, and you start doing, you start serving, God starts restoring hope in your life, in your heart. And not just for yourself, but He starts restoring hope to the people around you. Really. It is true. I mean, you can move into a neighborhood with a lot of negative people, but you can start proclaiming intentionally that God loves this neighborhood. He is amazing. And it can change the atmosphere of your neighborhood. It can. It can. So next week when we step out and we walk on to our outreach and people are going to make lines, and I want to encourage you to take one of that rain, rain suits and go and pray for someone. We don't, we don't just give. Remember last week, Peter and John walked out and there was a, a, a lame man sitting at the beautiful gate and he said, give me money. I, I promise you Peter and John had money. But they tried. They said, listen, I can give you probably. Oh, we actually, he actually said, I don't have. Sorry, he, he said, I don't have. But what I do have is much more precious than anything else I can ever give you. Here's a miracle. So let's, let's next week step out and let's define love by acting on it, by being intentional as a church and as individuals. And maybe it's going to stretch you. Maybe you're going to feel condemned and, and it's like, oh, I can't do this. I, but just, just go with it. Just meet some new people. Go to the homeless and say, man, God loves you. And maybe that's the only thing we can say. God loves you. And he's got a plan for your life. And there might be a manipulation thing coming. It's like, yeah, you need to do this and all this. So you know what? God has a plan for your life. I always do that. When the homeless comes in, I really do love them. But there's always a manipulation thing that comes with it, like we said last week. So I don't get steer or ran or um, directed by that spirit. I get directed by the spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit of my life. And when the manipulation comes and the negative comes and the, 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 all the heavy, I just said, man, God loves you. He's amazing. He's got a plan for your life. Yeah, but I just need this. You know what? God's got everything in this world. He's going to give you everything you need. He loves you. Let me pray for you. And when I'm intentional and just pour out the love that God has given me, we will see amazing things in our lives. We will see it. We won't bow to the enemy. We run with the Spirit. Amen. Can we pray together? Let's stand. Father, we thank you this morning. What a privilege. We're always, Lord, to know that, that you love us. And nothing else matters. We know that you love us, Father. Lord, you love us more than, more than anything else in this world. And the day you send your son to this earth to be died, to be crucified, to be beaten and broken, Lord, you had us in mind. Lord, you saw our, each and every one of our faces when Jesus hung on that cross. And Lord, it was all about love in that moment. It was all about what you felt and what you, what you called us to be. And we thank you that for that this morning, Father. But Lord, we want to pray for every bit of condemnation and stuff in our lives that keeps us away, that keeps us away from who we are and supposed to be in this life. 
And Lord, I pray this morning that that thing will fall off of us and that we will step out because we belong into this family. We belong in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wherever we set our foot, we are righteous because Jesus paid it. So if you're here this morning and maybe you feel condemned and maybe you feel that condemnation thing that I am not fit to do any of those things. I feel that the Holy Spirit just want to, you want to expose that lie into you in your life today. That you are fit to do that. You are able to go out and touch people's lives. You don't have to have a pocket full of money. You've got a word of love. A voice to pray. Arms to hug. So Father, I pray that that you will break that condemnation thing off of us today. And that we will step up and see how much you can do with us if we are intentional in loving others. Holy Spirit, will you come this morning? And raise the excitement level in our lives to when we see people that need you, that we will give you. And Holy Spirit, you will lead us to walk in your power. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to live on this earth in this time, to know, Lord what you called us to do and what you've given us in this life. Father, may your love reign in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, in our words this week. Lord, and may next week be a blessing to us as churches come together. We we will see your hands and feet. We will be that and see it. Lord, may it not be about any church or any person next week. May it all be about you. May it be about you, what you want to do and what you are going to do. May there be miracle, testimony upon testimony. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.